Scarves and Spikes. Has not disappointed. Welcome in, everybody. It is another episode of Scarves and Spikes. It is Tommy here with me, and I am Tyler Pilgrim. As usual, Sydney is, uh, he's MIA. Not really, no, he's he's busy. He's got stuff going on. So um, it's just going to be me and Tommy here today, and special guest a little bit later from MLS. But we got a busy show, and we have a little bit of like a fever dream to talk about, I think, with this this past weekend. But Tommy, what's up, man? I think I'm still hung over from the weekend. <laughs> like Atlanta was just so much fun. It, you know, I got in Friday, hung out with some friends, did some putt shack. That was a great time. Hung out with you, hung out with the supporters on Saturday after morning, afternoon-ish. Did the game, did the Falcons game the next day. Between, you know, five goals on Saturday and then all the scoring the Falcons did the train horn is like still in my ears. Like I've heard it so many times. Yep. Which just, is a good thing. A great weekend. It's yeah. A, it's so, it's so good. So, so much fun. Yeah. You had, a, you had a busy one and then you made it back at like what? Eight o'clock the next morning on Monday. I had to be at the airport at like four in the morning. Cause I, you know, that. Monday mornings, like the craziest hour and a half getting through the airport security was hell. So I, I'm like, I just woke up like probably like 15 minutes ago for this. So <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, it's like I traveled to California, but really I just traveled an hour and a half back, but that's you know a good thing. It, it's being, so much in, fun. In your, your part of Ohio that like blew my mind is that you are actually farther East than we are. Yeah. We were talking about that. I, we, like, I had to pull the map up to like, look at it. But yeah, that's crazy. It's really weird. It's really weird. All right. So uh, I see the chat. The chat's popping off. That's great. Y'all keep it up. Uh, Samuel, did they really deliver that pizza? We're going to talk about that freaking pizza. I promise. Um, Two Spikes, Jack, AX, Daniel, Dan. I see all you guys. Elliot, what's going on? Um, man, this this was crazy. So um, before we get into it, you guys know we just, we just launched the site a little bit ago, um, about a month ago or so. Scarvesandspikes.com. Y'all go check it out. It is uh, pretty easy to find now. Now you're not just looking for us on YouTube. It is down at the bottom of the screen. For those of y'all listening after the fact, scarvesandspikes.com. Patreon as well. Y'all know we push it a lot because it helps us keep all the lights on and do what we're doing. But it's patreon.com slash scarvesandspikes. Got plenty of good content on there besides what we're doing here. Um, and yeah, we have also, Tommy, you want to tell them what we're doing tomorrow uh manning cast but scarves and spikes cast so we're going to kind of do a you want to follow us on your phone while you're watching on your tv pull it up on the ipad your computer whatever you can watch us watch the game yell scream uh we gotta like put a five second like delay in it because sometimes <laughs> you know we we get a little too angry but we're playing dc I, I'm, I'm hoping for good things me too good things me too um we may. Yeah, it should be fun. It'll be fun. Yeah, Sydney's working on a, a special guest for that one as well. It may or may not work out, so I'm not promising anything. But 
Uh, it'll be fun regardless. If you guys have been on the watch-alongs over on Patreon, uh, you know how fun it is. We get into it. We have a good time. And uh, it'll be it'll be exciting. And hopefully Atlanta comes away with this one with another three points because they can. But we'll talk about D.C. in a little bit. Let's talk about what happened in Atlanta this weekend because there are so many stories. So many stories. So many. So do we start from the beginning, I guess, messy? Or do we so go guess- all the way back to Joseph? Well, let's let's start, I guess, you know, Sydney posts the video. I think it was like Friday morning, right? That says uh, Tata Martino says Messi is healthy. He's fit. He's ready to go. So that's what Friday morning. So we're ready to go, right? We're here. We're we're Messi's coming. Everybody's excited. And then Friday, we start interacting back and forth. You You send... Uh, a tweet, I think, from ESPN, right? Yeah. I think it was ESPN. ESPN that said, and then, um, I forget the guy's name, but out of out of Argentina, that he was not going to be playing. He he was not coming to Atlanta. And then I think you send me the Instagram, the famous Instagram picture of the pizza. That pizza. <laughs> and then you started getting conspiracy theory on me. Now I'm usually the conspiracy theorist around here avril levine is a clone we will prove that one day on another show but you is wanted to my wife believes uh, britney Spears is not with us anymore no it's avril levine we'll we'll, we'll do a patreon episode on that uh <laughs> at, at some point but you you started saying i don't believe it and then i said do you really think that this regular season game is going to have some type of conspiracy Do you think atlanta's big enough to try to trick them this much into you know him coming into a regular season game, but then Tyler said, "I'm going to find out what's going on," and he put his investigator hat on. And did. you take it away? I did. I threw it way back. So look, here's the deal, guys. The quick and easy answer is yes. I did call the pizza place, and a lot of people don't seem to believe me. Like they, I had so many people coming up to me on Saturday, and they were like, "Did you actually call the pizza place?" Yes. Mike Conti. Yeah, Mike Conti. He came up and he was like, so you actually called him? And I was like, yeah, man, I actually called him. Like, look, here's the thing, right? The the little Instagram video of that god-awful looking pizza, but hey, to each their own, but that god-awful looking pizza, Fugasa pizza, I guess is what it's referred to as. Um, they, they It shows, and I'm sitting there with my wife, and I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like, Maybe this is all a ploy, conspiracy theory, right? This is this is messed up. And I'm sitting there looking at it, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to call the place. Like, it's the phone number's right there on the box. Has nobody thought of doing this yet? Um, so I called them, and they picked up on the first try, and they introduced themselves as, what is it, Banchero, I think is the name of it. I think uh, so, yeah. The pizza place. And the guy that answered the phone did his little introduction, and He's like, how can I help you? And I was like, look, this is going to sound like a really weird question, but did you guys just serve a pizza to Lionel Messi? And he goes, he kind of laughed and he was like, yeah, man, we actually did. It's kind of crazy. Like the order came in like an hour ago and we, we kind of like, we were kind of confused at first and then we verified like it was actually him. And 
it was a delivery. He didn't come in and pick it up. It was a delivery. So we, our manager was like, I'm delivering that pizza and deliver the pizza to his, I guess, his, I don't know if he's in an apartment or house or whatever, but the manager of the place actually delivered the pizza to Messi and his family. And I was like, like for real, for real, like you're not, you're not screwing with me right now. And he's like, no, no I'm dead serious. And um, yeah, so that was Friday night. That was a few hours before the match. And, and then of course we, we know what happened the next morning. Like he was at his son's game and it was pretty much verified. But then there was also that little bit of extra, like, um, conspiracy theory because there was that Learjet that took off from Fort Lauderdale and was oh, on its boy. way <laughs> to Atlanta. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it was crazy. And, and yeah, nobody believed me. Nobody believed me. I mean, I, I even started showing people my phone. Like, look, I called the number. It's on my, my call list. I promise I called them. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Real journalism, I guess, is what people were saying. <laughs> And he might not play tomorrow either. Yeah. You know, there's already tweets out there saying that they're uh, re they're really resting him. And, you know, a lot of people were upset that we talked to in the supporters lot that Messi wasn't playing. And I, I kind of felt it because, like, for me, I didn't care. I wanted three points, right? We, we, we need to get, yeah. you know, we want to finish in the top four. So it, it was fine. But it, it hit me in the hotel walking, you know, to the bends because you know i saw a family there was a mom in atlanta united kit and then she had four kids all in messy jerseys and it was like you know to explain to you know maybe like a five-year-old that like hey you know you're gonna see messy you're gonna see him you're gonna see him and then you know finding out and like people came to us and were asking us like is, is messy really not playing yeah i, I could get it like it, it is this is like a, a unique situation like you don't know how long he's really gonna be here uh, you know, and you know, who knows what happens next year? Who knows what happens with the schedule? Healthy, you know, whatever is it international? Dude, like you don't know, but like this was the the opportunity. This was what was, you know, they moved the the game to five o'clock to have this as like the main game of the week, and he wasn't there. So I I do feel for the people that that really wanted to to see him play. Yeah, and props to the people that made a ton of money off selling their 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 tickets for crazy amounts of money yeah i mean you take advantage i guess where you can but it, it is crazy because i i do feel bad because I, I i envision myself as a parent and here's the only difference i would tell my kids straight up and they knew this like messi might not be there you can't go buy tickets just for any player because you assume they're going to be there you want to go see the team that's one thing but i get it like a lot of these people, they didn't buy tickets to see Miami. They bought tickets to see Messi. And granted, there were a lot of Miami fans there. There, you know, it was pretty loud in that stadium when Miami scored, actually. Like it, it was a pretty good crowd. Yeah. But then it was deafening. It was like 2018, 2019 when Atlanta scored. And they really, really Atlanta fans showed out in a in a great way, which was good because we've seen other teams where Messi or Miami is playing. And man, it's like 50, 50 or, or sometimes worse, you know, and then you see other teams doing things that are, they're just clearly taking advantage of the money situation because they can't pack out a stadium on their own, whatever. But uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's crazy, but I'm glad I didn't play for an Atlanta, you know, perspective. Like I'll take it all day and I hope it doesn't make the playoffs either. <laughs> so that's, that's my stance on it. 
we want Messi ch- or where is Messi? Where's Messi chance started in the supporters oh, yeah. uh, section, you know, right around the 85th minute. And it went on for like a good three, four minutes. It and then, was... then there was some on the way out too. people in the, in the, you know, venue and everything like on the way out the door is still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just such a great, it was a great time. And you know, when that, that first goal went, well, I, <laughs> when the first goal happened, uh, with my umba, I, I, I was going to get more beer. So I, I, I heard the horn go off and then I texted Tyler and said, I, I walked into the bathroom before the, and I just see in all the, the TVs, just VAR and big, big letters. And I'm like, what is going on? Did it really go in? Like I'm, I'm yelling these guys while I'm in there. And like, you, you could just hear like the whole stadium was shaking. Like it was shaking in the bathroom when the fans were, were yelling. So yeah, I mean, this was, you know, I've been to games since MLS cup and this, this one definitely was like it you know people were there and like that and like you said i was nervous that it was going to be like a, a very pro miami crowd like overall throughout the entire night no atlanta took them out of the game and it felt like old school atlanta right like yeah, yeah you got a little bit nervous um but you got three goals and what seven minutes yeah. like that's awesome and then you know they, they they get the penalty and you're feeling a little bit nervous and they, they take over and damn Saba, like I, I enjoy a lot of what he does, and he's not even starting yet. I know, like I, he he's just coming in late, and he just throws down two assists. Great. I wish I had a stat, um, and I'll see if I can find it. I don't know anybody that actually keeps the stat, but his amount of touches per like goal contribution, because his first touch Saturday was an assist. Um, and then we go back to like his first game when he showed up and he, he got a, you know, like he, he has made stuff happen every single time he steps on the field. The only one he didn't was what well, I think it was Cincinnati where he yeah. just wasn't being given the ball, but he was getting in so many good places. And, and yeah, Saba has, uh, and it's not just Saba. I mean, we'll talk about all of them, but Saba, like the amount he's like Yakimakis in the sense that like Yakimakis is scoring a goal every 0.91 minute. Or uh, no, I'm sorry. 0.91 goals per 90 minutes. So almost a goal per per, per match. Um, that's efficient. And Saba, I, again, I don't know what his is, but it's super efficient as well. I mean, the guy's killing it. So and then Miyamba has just changed this team for the better in every way. And then we still have another player that is a backup striker who we haven't even seen yet in terms of on the field. So I am excited. About him. Got to see him at the training ground. So, but yeah. Silva's great. I mean, the wings, the wings are 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 there. Like, is this officially the best transfer window in the history of this club? Um, yeah. I mean, if I, you take, I take can't away, think of another I mean, one. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You 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 got to ignore the first year, right? Because yeah. that was just you know you you had to form everything, but almost everything that you've had has become gold so far. I mean, you, you can't ask for anything more of what you're getting on, on both sides. Like, and, and remember what he said. Uh, and I, I don't remember. It was it was before. Maybe it was the Miami game. Um, right before, right, you know, we got kicked out. But and I think one of you asked it um, was about the wings. And he said, we, we're going to have to reevaluate what we do with on the wing. 
And then what happens? You bring in two brand new wings and they're, you know, they're contributing every game. You're getting goals from your wings. And like, yeah, you had guys, you have guys like Tyler Wolf, you know, I mean, a banger, right? Absolute banger. A lot of his other goals weren't bangers, but he he has the the sense to to be there where the ball's gonna to last. Yeah, like he's in the right shop. Place yeah, like chop. Like you you have guys that are there. I mean, at the end, that's that's a whole other show uh, altogether. At the end of the season, we could talk about that. Um, there's not much to talk about, but you know, what I mean, like that's that's a, that's a thing. But anyways, you had all these these wings and were just there, and now you you've got guys that are like these guys are going to contribute to you every game and they're going to be able to create chances and they take shots. You're not, you're, you don't need Almada. You don't need Yakamakis um, to take all the shots. They're, you know, putting pressure on them. And then Lennon's, you know, it's become more useful out there too, because everybody's paying attention to everybody else. And now Lennon can come do something. That's why I even think like Gutman would, would be even greater right now if we still had him being able to sneak in. But Wiley's just doing just as good. So many positive things. I love it. I know it's great. Isn't it? Let's like, go back it, to the, it, you know go back to the old days where we're just screaming and yelling nonstop. <laughs> the whole last year in our Twitter Spaces show after the match, we're <sighs> just like yelling at things. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many little things too that you can take out of this, and we'll talk about the player ratings here in a second. But like Muyumba, right? He comes on, he he runs, and and again, I get running is not just a sole factor for a midfielder. There's a lot off the ball runs is huge. But um, he runs almost seven and a half miles in that match, covers a lot of ground, gets a goal. And I see uh, there were some people asking, and I, I have to go back up in the, the chat, but saying, what what did you think about the Miyamba goal? I think I was the only, even Atlanta fan, man, there was like everybody in the booth was like, I don't think that's in. I feel like I was the only one that was like, no, I could see where the AR could, like, I guess I'm imagining in my head what he saw. But you don't have an assistant ref standing on the sideline wave his flag that vigorously if he's not for sure that went past the line. And you know when you when you look at all the replays, there's no definitive angle, right? Like there's nothing that there's no goal line technology, there's nothing like that. But you know, first of all, Miyumba gets in the right place. There, there's something to be said about just fundamentals of getting guys in the box. Brooks Lennon with his with his goal, he's coming from a right back position, makes the run with Yakamakis. And then just appears in the box. Caleb puts in a great cross to him. He traps it well, puts a shot on goal. And, you know, that's that's what you need. But Miyumba, right place, right time, just a glancing header. It hits the post, right? It comes back across the face of goal as it's going in. And I think it was right before Drake Callender um, went to go slap it out. I think it was right before he did that that it actually went past the line. And I think that's what the, the AR was focused on. And, yeah, Omar saying we can't see the AR on TV. And also, there's some angles in the stadium that people can't see that AR. But we immediately looked down, and he was, I mean, like like he was a color guard. He was, like, waving that flag like crazy. He was sure that it went in, and which is beneficial for Atlanta because then it's on the VAR to find enough evidence to overturn it, and there wasn't. You can't say he didn't see what he saw. It would be different if he didn't call it a goal initially. Then I think we'd be having a different conversation. But um, I actually think, barring one really big call, maybe two, uh, the refereeing crew as a whole got most of this game right. I'll give yeah. you credit. 
but there was some inconsistency. But the Shonda Silva, what should have been a penalty on Busquets, um, well, on Shonda Silva, but by Busquets, that one irritates me. But whatever, five two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's so many different angles that you you could see of that goal, but I could see why he would call it. But it's just another thing where, like, if if you want to be you know, grow to be one of the biggest leagues, get goal line technology. That's simple. Yeah. Eventually, I, I'm I'm sure that you can get it, and you know I understand that it's an expensive thing to have. But if if you're if you're continuing to grow this league, then go get it, and you that you don't have any of these type of issues. You know, especially yeah. in the playoffs when it's a single elimination, you want to make sure you get it right. Add that add that to the list of things that you need. But I mean, you know. Uh, I know there was the the Twitter account that like was showing like the different angles and like we saw that before I think like with the Yakamakis you know that one goal that Yakamakis scored uh, like a couple games yeah like angles are weird and like in the NHL too like you know has to completely cross the line in there like you you could see so many different angles and before they they put that little chip in the puck you know people just argue all the time but it's really just the, the camera angle that that'll get you every time. Yeah, 100%. And and at the end of the day, you know, it didn't cost you, which is good. Um, I would argue that the penalty that Miami won wasn't a penalty either. I know that it was called as a handball, and it depends on what definition of handball you're looking at, right? But it comes off – I mean, I think I went back and watched the the game after – even Taylor Twelman was a little iffy about it. I mean, it hits his arm that's not extended, and then it bounces off and hits his arm that is extended. We can go back a couple of matches ago and look at a opposing defender in the box that takes a ball off of his body and it hits his outstretched—I mean, wildly outstretched arm—and it isn't called as a penalty because they said it it came off of his body first and then struck the arm. So if you're going by that definition this shouldn't have been a penalty either. I get how it could be called, but it's just, I just ask for consistency. That's my biggest thing. I can, I'll, I'll go off on it, but I don't want to. <laughs> it just, it, yeah. I mean, it, we won and there we won by a lot. So, so no controversy there. And like someone said, Oh, well you beat a messy list Miami. Everybody was throwing flowers at them last week when they beat sporting Kansas city. Yep. What was like three to two or whatever it was. Everyone's like, oh, you see, they can win without Messi. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, oh, they won without Messi, but they lost without Messi too. Like it, that's the, it's the same thing. Okay. This team was the last place team before them. So whatever. If you hear this like screeching noise, I got a bug in my, in my room. Do you hear this? I don't. Okay, good. Well, there, there's a bug in here. That's just on me. Thanks for letting us know. So now we can make you be self-conscious about it for the rest of the show. I just keep punching the door to, to shut him up. So <laughs> he's, he's somewhere in here. So, all right, who – now we're going by Fot Mob. We're not doing a traditional, like our normal player ratings video, guys, but you guys absolutely chime in. Um, who do you think had the highest Fot Mob rating on Atlanta United? I feel like you're trying to trick me here again. Not, like, I mean, this I'm is, not. I'm just... this, is, this is you and Firmino all over again. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm gonna say <laughs> is it going to be Josetu? Watch it be Josetu. Um, dude, you know what? You're actually <sighs> close, believe it or not. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it was Brooks Lennon. Nice. Yeah. Brooks yeah. Lennon. I mean, he had a hell of a game. Yeah. I, I mean, and again, to do that in front of U.S. soccer, because they were in town for the 
the revealing. Oh, of, yeah. You know, we haven't even thought about that yet, but, you know, that's such a big deal. Atlanta is becoming the new home of U.S. soccer, men's national team, women's national team, all the teams below that. Like, that is such a big deal. And to have Arthur Blank putting in the money, um, you know, I've, I've been to Atlanta's training ground. I'm there all the time. You've seen how it's built. That is now eight, nine years old. So I can only imagine what they're going to do for this one because it has to cover men's, women's teams, um, you know, a variety of teams that are going to need like certain parts of the facility. You know, it's just, it's really cool. It's really cool. So, but anyway, that's a, that's a separate topic, separate day. Um, but for Brooks Lennon, who has vehemently told us that he is pushing so hard to get back in that national team conversation for him to do that in front of us soccer was really, really cool. Had a great match. Absolute great match. Since our Ruju has left, he's been on a whole new level. Yep. Right? Like he had to come up and, and play the wing and you know, he, he had some really good games. You know, then we were like, Oh man, Lennon's better than what our Ruju was, right? And then he gets back to his position and it's continued to impress. Like yep. remember that goal? I think he scored against Philly. Like I think yep. that was one of like the, the big goals that he scored there. He just keeps coming up in, in big moments. And like, I, I felt so happy for him when he scored that goal on Saturday. Like, it, it's just, he he's great. And, you know, you talk about who is going to eventually be the captain of this team when Brad Guzan leaves. I like Brooks Lennon a lot. Yeah. Brooks Lennon or, uh, or Yakamakis. I mean, but again, Brooks Lennon's got the, you know, he, the tenure, he's been there for a minute, right? So he's calm. Our captain would just tell everybody to go beat everybody else up. If it was Yakamakis, <laughs> get him, I, I just go get him, <laughs> go, go tackle him from 30 yards out, just a full sprint and just waylay the guy. Um, he's paying Jason, for it though. Oh yeah, he is. He's they're getting fined. So it was him. And I think Silva, Shonda Silva got fined for that little dust up. And then, um, Facundo Farias and Leo Campana got fined. From Miami. Uh, but I like the attitude though. I like what I see. But that's the thing. Yakamakis, man, that guy's ride or die. He saw what was going on. And Caleb Wiley, too. I gotta give Caleb Wiley credit for getting in Sergio Busquets' face. That was awesome. But Yakamakis comes in like a freight train. And, and it was like Bobby Boucher in the water boy. He just locked in on on somebody. And I don't know if he picked out Leo Campana because he just scored the goal. And he kind of instigated some stuff, or if he just looked at somebody and said, "You're, you're the one," and from like thirty yards away, just a full sprint, you couldn't see it on the TV, but I was watching it obviously in the stadium, and he picks him out and just trucks him, absolutely trucks him, and it it made Campana quite angry, and and then of course we saw what happened after that. There was three different you know issues, three different little dust ups after that, but yeah, um, you want to see the passion. At the end of the day, now you don't want people getting in fights, obviously, but eh, sometimes I, hey, I'm a hockey guy, right? Fights bring play, gives you momentum sometimes. And, you know, you don't got to go knock someone out or take their teeth. But sometimes the, the group that fights together builds yeah, I mean, chemistry together. I, I will because I wrote in the, my article on Dirty South Soccer. I mean, if you look at the match, it seemed like that was the moment that. The game, I mean, Atlanta was playing well, right? But that was the moment when it seemed like they just turned into a different team. They they found that extra gear. And the, after that goal and after those three different, you know, scuffles or whatever you want to call it, um, 
Atlanta just looked dominant. They they played as a team. They were they were aggressive. They were all over the field. Um, Jackson Popkin up in the uh, booth with me. He was sitting next to me, and he was like, "There was one of the moments where they they lost the ball, counter pressure, get it back, but on the counter pressure, there was three Atlanta jerseys around one guy, and he just looked at me and he was like, "Man, they just robbed that man, you know." And it, but that's what you want. That's what Pineda's been trying to preach for for so long. And when you see it all come together, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you got a month to the playoffs. The more chemistry that you can build with everybody. Um, the better and like that video that they posted you know their their summary video that they did they, they do after every game was the like a four video? and a half yeah four and a half five minute videos time a little bit longer showing about how they got destroyed by miami yeah. and then like just the music and then yeah like when brad guzan's you know getting crowded on uh it was like watching like the avengers movie like it was just so great to just like it was like you know it's building up like you know, uh, Thanos scores, you know, uh, you know, Campana, you know, Campana's Thanos, you know, it'd been cool if it was messy, I guess, but whatever. He was too scared. And then all of a sudden here, here come all the Avengers and five goals get out of the stadium. Ah, that's, that, that's how you end, uh, you know, the Marvel verse of, of Atlanta United, just, just fantastic stuff. So, we we obviously there's still plenty to talk about. We haven't even mentioned light up the candle, Tommy. We haven't even mentioned Joseph Martinez yet or Tata Martino because this is yeah. such a storyline driven match, right? There was so much going on. We have talked about the pizza. We've talked about me calling the pizza place to find out. We talked about all the important stuff, but uh, we have a very special guest to get us ready for tomorrow's match, and we will jump back and forth, I'm sure. But very special guest in Lori Lindsay. Hello, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? My favorite line is already Messi being scared. It's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, Hopefully this is the exact show I want to be on. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have to live that one down or anybody. <laughs> keep feet. Tommy, how's thanks. It going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah. They were chanting it, Lori. Uh, they were saying, where is Messi? Uh, <laughs> after that, after that fifth goal went in, uh, it was, it was going across the whole stadium. It was, it was something special. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Good to be here. We appreciate it. So for those that don't know, um, just kind of give everybody the rundown. You know, you've been with the national team. You've been in multiple leagues, right? But but yep. kind of give everybody your, your backstory real quick. Yeah. Um, well, Lori Lindsay, uh, former U.S. Women's National Team midfielder. Uh, and as you mentioned, I played in one of, I think, four or five players that played in all three of our women's pro leagues. So speaks to my age, but maybe also, fortunately, a little bit of longevity um, in my career as well to be able to withstand some of the ups and downs of the different pro leagues, um, but loved every minute, minute of it. Played uh, 2011, 2012, 2011 World Cup, 2012 Olympics, and then um, kind of slowly made my way into broadcast. Was doing some other things before I retired, but um, felt like I was getting too far away from the game. So then had some people pull me back into the media slash commentary side and yeah, uh, haven't been in it um, incredibly long, but I would say about four years. But I cover NWSL. Obviously, I'm here with you all because of MLS and Apple TV, which has been extraordinary experience. Um, I called the Women's World Cup. I was over in Australia and New Zealand this summer for five weeks. Uh, and do what? What else do I do? Um, yeah, I'm sure there's some other things that I'm missing in terms of commentary, but those are the two two biggest ones 
NWSL and it must be nice to be that yeah. busy. Yeah, oh, it's been listen, I feel incredibly grateful. It's such a, a fun life and to be able to cover MLS and our women's pro league, it's just yeah, it's extraordinary. Cool. So obviously it's a quick turnaround. Um I'm a s I am i do not know. I'm assuming you're up in DC already. I'm not. I actually live in Philadelphia. So I'm oh. after this, I'm driving because it's just oh, a quick sweet. trip. And then I have I actually have three DC United games. I had them in Charlotte on Saturday. And then Chris Whittingham and I are calling these next two DC United games. So we're just staying there. Okay, cool. Oh nice. Yeah. You yeah. may be the first because we've had a, a bunch of MLS folks on here. Yeah. You may be the first one that I've ever heard of actually driving anywhere. Everybody's like, I'm getting on a flight in five minutes. <laughs> Listen, we fly so much. I fly so much. I'm like, yes, I could drive. This is awesome. Two yeah. hours. Road yeah. trip. Podcast or music? Uh, both, actually. But I do have to catch up with a friend. Um, not have to, but I'm going to catch up with a friend. So that would take up the majority. So I look forward to that conversation, and that will take up a chunk of it. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So we'll dive into it. Um, you've got Atlanta, D.C., two vastly different teams right now. I mean, obviously, Atlanta had a great summer transfer window. Things are knock on wood looking up what are your overall thoughts about both of the teams just in general yeah well actually this is it which um, feels incredibly weird to say that this is my first time calling Atlanta this season I've called them in the past but this season which feels like a bit bizarre because typically they do try to keep us somewhat regionalized right and so and I've covered um, a plethora of games that just happen to have it haven't happened to have Atlanta. So I'm um, stoked about it because hitting them at the exact right time. Cause that, as you mentioned, huge summer transfer window um, with some pickups that they got and are pretty much firing on all cylinders. Right. So, and in a really good spot. And then I think you have DC United who are such a fun, but interesting team because you're like, what are we going to get this week? Right. And you look at all their players. I mean, especially Benteke, you look at click, um, these players that are extraordinary and that you feel like are missing out on some points. Tie San Jose at home over a week ago, then tie uh, Charlotte away from home as well. So, you know, I think it's you feel like there's an up and down team for, for DC United who clearly need some points, whereas Atlanta United very much in control of where they are continuing to build at the right time. And you're kind of like, which way is DC United going to go? Cause they have fewer games than a lot of people that are kind of in contention are coming for them, hunting them down. So I find this one interesting because DC United playing at home still think they're going to be aggressive, but I think they're obviously a more of a direct team trying to play into Benteke and then get players off. But I'll be curious to see the approach from Pineda and his squad and just to see if they even sit back a little bit and try to counter themselves and deny uh, and almost force DC United to have to keep possession at times, right? And try to take control of the game. Because uh, one thing I think we, we know about Atlanta is they want to have control. They can keep possession, but they can also be deadly in transition. So it's, it's a tough team to play against in that regard. But I think at times, if they do open themselves up, they can – their one weakness would be they can get hit on, on the counter as well. So I think – I think they'll be ready for a fight. I think they'll try to take away some of that direct play from DC United and then look to hit in transition on the other side. You know, the playoffs, this new playoff format is so interesting because, you know, it, we're inching closer towards it. Yeah. And 
you know, you've got a couple things like you're preparing for this best of three, which we've never seen before. (laughs) And then you've got this like elimination game, too. So like you don't want to finish in eight and nine. Right. You know, you got to go into that game, get exhausted from that (laughs) and then go into a best of three. So like (laughs) those teams that are an eight, nine, you know, 10, 11. And then, you know, no one wants to forget (laughs) about Miami either because, you know, everybody (laughs) thinks they're going to they're going to make it. But. Like, because you got to worry about them too. Once if Miami's nine, and then you're you're eight, and then you got to play them. So like, I I wonder what's going through DC's mind, just because like, all right, we want to make the playoffs, but we don't want to make the playoffs and be in this elimination game. It's got to be stressful, like when you're around that block. Uh, yeah, I think so, especially as a player, because you're like, okay, time is ticking, right? You have few games. You again, like I said, you drop points, which would be a almost feel like a loss. Uh, a week and a half ago versus San Jose at home, you would take a point against Charlotte at this point in time, essentially, right. Knowing that they need to get points as well. And and you're playing away on turf. So for, for DC United, I mean, this feels like these next two games are like do or die. You have to get six points to at least climb and do whatever you can scrape yourself away from anybody that's coming for you. Because, yeah, as you mentioned, Inter Miami is going to be working their way up. Like teams are going to be coming. So, um, but yeah, as a player, I feel like it is stressful. And you, I think that's when you have to just realize you can't get consumed by that. You just have to take each game. You can't look too far ahead and just be like, all right, 15-minute increments. Here we go. How can we get a little bit better control of this game against the Atlanta United team who's, like, making their way? They, I mean, they're on a good role, good momentum. But – how can we utilize Benteke? How can we utilize some of our other players as well? Because uh, I think when you look at DC United, which is so interesting, is I look around, and I'm like, such a quality squad. Benteke, Fajardo, who's come in, right? You have Eric Davis, who's come in as well. Uh, immediately help them because they lose O'Brien in the midfield. But then you bring Durkin back in. So you have pieces to be able in depth to be able to move people around. And yet you just like, like dropping points. So it's just that stressful. But then also knowing that time is ticking and you haven't collected the points, I feel like just adds to it. Yeah. And like before, like as you know, kind of like the NFL playoffs, all you have to do is just get in single elimination. Yeah. It's it's easy. Right. You know, and now they've created this whole new dynamic of, of this best of three. I think my conspiracy theory is, is they were tired of like all these bottom teams, like just trying to get get the penalties and then get the upset like they want the legit teams to be into that single elimination one you know get rid of all the all the posers <laughs> you know out of this best of 3 get them knocked out quick and then that's when the real playoffs start yeah fair i like that i like that idea so on that whole playoff talk i mean you guys uh doing what you do with the announcing and all and commentating y'all i'm correct me if i'm wrong but you guys chat with the coaches ahead of time just to kind of get an idea if, if you can. Yeah. Yep. So have you come across many coaches that have expressed the importance of having that possible third playoff game, that home field advantage, I guess is what we want to call it. Or have they mostly just been like, Oh, we're only, you know, the, the political answer. We're only focused about what's in front of us. Yeah. That's mainly what you get. Yeah. However, I think right now is when you're starting to hear a bit more of the conversation about putting yourself in the best spot, right? Because I think prior to this, I mean, it was a bit of like an up and down. You had um, League's Cup, then a few games, and then some teams had a five, or we had like, what, five games during international break, right? So it felt like a bit of some choppiness to uh, 
kind of the latter part of the season. So now when there's consistency with some games, now you start to hear a little bit. And yeah, the political answer is we're just focused on this. But that really means like, yeah, we're focused on getting the best results so that we can have home field advantage. And I think, you know, maybe for a DC United team at this point in time, it's less about that. It's about putting yourself in the best position just to get into the playoffs, whatever that looks like at this point in time, right? Um, because you're like right on that cusp. But I think for Atlanta, with the momentum they have, with how they're playing and the versatility that they have to play against the opposition, again, as we mentioned, like really good in possession, but then also you have with that summer transfer window, Mascara, you have um, Silva, you have Muyamba, all these players that now give you a different look for to attack with more numbers or go 1v1, right, depending on the skill set. So that looks incredibly different. So if you're, I feel like, Pineda's team, you're like, we are doing whatever we can to put ourselves in the best position to get home field advantage, especially given, like, you know, the crowds that you all get, how important the home field advantage would be for your team. So the Western Conference is kind of there. You know, there, there's no real powerhouse <laughs> over there right now. And it's like the the meme with like the dragons, like and there's that that weird looking dragon. That's the Western Conference right now. Right. Yeah. But the Eastern Conference is stacked and it's kind of been up and down on who's, you know, up there and, and who just looks dominant. Cincinnati looked unstoppable there for mm -hmm. a little while. Uh, Orlando's starting to really step it up. Yep. Who do you think right now is the favorite in the East? Yeah, I, that's a great question because so many of the teams look different as well, right? Like, yeah, I mean, even look at New England. I've called a number of their games. Obviously, they've been going through a bit of a tumultuous time right now, uh, to say the least. Um, however, like, that's a team that has been bananas at home, right? Just get results when it's needed and you know what you're going to get every time. They're, in some ways, they're pretty predictable um, in how they play and um, through Carlos Heel and you know he's going to be the playmaker but you have guys that really know their their roles um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how they how they react right how they come through this time it sounds like Tab Ramos just got the assistant coaching job I think I saw announced today so we'll yeah. see how he what kind of role he has in terms of like gelling that team quickly towards the end of this year but I still think FC Cincinnati but honestly, I would put Atlanta United because I think at this point in time, the continuity of the back line, you have a number of players to be able to rotate at this point in time in like a three-game week or when you start to look at like, you know, more games that when they're emotionally and physically challenging in the playoffs, you have the ability to rotate and still get really high quality and you have the ability to rotate and get a different look uh, depending on the opponent. So, and you know, quite frankly, as a player, this is what you want. You want to be catching the momentum. You want to have the excitement uh, for your, for one as players, but as a team in the cohesion uh, at this point in time in the season. So Atlanta would be one of them as well. And then, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with Inter Miami, but the way that they've been playing, it's like, <laughs> like Tommy's like, no, get out of here. <laughs> Just don't even no. say it. <laughs> There's one trophy. Just don't let them get that trophy. Yeah, fair. I mean, I get it. I get it. He'll get, they'll get next, two. Next, they're yeah. going to win U.S. Open Cup. I think, I think that. I'm actually going to that game. I'm pumped to see, uh, be able to see Messi uh, live. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, he, he, might be a home he might be a home eating pizza. You never know. I mean, you never know. Not Maybe. for the Open Cup. 
He's there to win. I, I think he'll be there for the Open Cup, yeah, at their home but, field. But, so. Well, we were just talking about it. I mean, they're talking about resting him again tomorrow, which oh, is – Oh, really? Yeah, there were reports that they, they might rest him tomorrow too. So, I mean, that that's well, continuing to the playoffs-wise, which yeah. you figure – you know, Apple's crossing their fingers going, come on, get them in the playoffs. That's all we yeah. want. Get them in the playoffs. Get those views. Yeah. I don't know. Well, how about you all? Who do you who do you like in terms of the East? Because it is fun, and it, but it's also wild, right? So, I mean, listen, I'm from Philly, so I should have been top of my list should have been the Union too, right? Because like, well, I, I love them through and through. Um, and they have the experience of being there and going deep into the, the playoffs. So we'll see. So I despise Philly. Fair. Yeah. But they're respectful, right? Like you, yeah. you've got to respect them. They're a good team. Jim Curtin does a great job. I think they could get hot at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's the thing. It's so tough because like the, these top six or seven, well, really six, they, anybody could, could win on any, any day. Right. Especially now we put Atlanta yeah. in the conversation because going back earlier this season, we were having a totally different conversation. It was like what you were saying about DC, where we don't know what version of Atlanta we're going to get because earlier this season, I mean, they had some yeah. four nil wins, five, one wins. Yep. And they get trounced the next week. So the consistency with them is nice, but I mean, since he's definitely, I, I think the biggest thing with them is even though they're not always firing on all cylinders in a match, they find a way. Every yeah, they have the resiliency, right? Like there is yep. like a determination amongst yep. that squad. Obviously, the result this past weekend coming back down to zero against kind of like their rival of Philly. So yeah, yeah. And they Great. did it against Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. I mean, yep. you know, Atlanta was up one nil and then they came back and one two one in in the bins, which is yep. uh I mean, that's a big thing for for teams not mm-hmm. to you know get big headed at all. But I mean the bins is not an easy place to play. So yeah. No well, Cincinnati, the supporters shield curse will get them. We know that's going to happen for sure. So Cincinnati, <laughs> Cincinnati's already been eliminated in my mind. And please don't okay. <laughs> don't let this show up on like Twitter. Like if we play them and like in the conference finals, here's my face saying they're they're already eliminated. Oh no! Uh, for for Atlanta, you know, on the road, Tyler, but they have three wins yeah. on the road. Yeah. It's it's sad, and they should have more because we've blown a lot of leads early in the mm-hmm. season, like. We, we led the league in goals, but then we also led the league in goals against. Uh, so it, it was always frustrating. Like, we should probably have three or four more points than what we currently do because of that. And that's – Atlanta needs to finish in that top four because, you know, originally when Garth Lagerwey came in said, we want a, a top four spot. Now, he said he wanted a home game. Now, everybody gets a home game because of the format that was announced. Yeah. But you want that second one just in case. Uh, but then you, if you're thinking long term, which I don't think we were maybe a couple you know months ago because this team was just so bad. Now you're like, OK, well, then if you can host maybe the, you know, the second or the first elimination game at home as well, that's even more important, yeah. you know, to just keep moving on. So I, I think Atlanta could do it, but I definitely think they need to finish in that top four. Yeah, that's why I think tomorrow night's an interesting game for Atlanta as well, because obviously, as we mentioned and have talked about, D.C. United needing points, right? They're at home. They're going to be throwing everything at them. And they're already – it's like a direct physical team. So I do feel like for Atlanta, it's almost like, yes, you can play possession. Yes, you, you could play this pretty style. But, like, the mindset has to be like, okay, we're up for this. Like, we're up for this battle. We're up for the commitment to, like – go for this game as well, but pick your moments so you don't get opened up defensively. Um, but the battle, I feel like, is kind of like where this game potentially is won or lost, especially for Atlanta away from home. 
Yeah, because after this match, you have Montreal at home, which, again, I'm not going to say what I always say because every time I say it, that it doesn't <laughs> end up good, superstition and all. But the next two matches, I mean, D.C. away. Away matches are never easy, right? Right. We hear that all the time in MLS especially. But then you're back home with Montreal. Those two teams are right below you. And then it gets really tough because then you have Philly. Then you have Cincinnati away at the end of the season. I mean, you have you have a pretty tough schedule after that. But um, I think to your point, like these next couple of matches, especially for Atlanta, are going to show you what they're really about. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're a better team than they were two months ago for sure. Yeah. We, we know that. But can they really fight through uh, something they've really never had to do before mm-hmm. and, and come out on top? I'm really curious to see how it goes. Yeah, same. Um, just to pivot a little bit, Almada, we, we talk about him all the time, mm-hmm. but not just him who maybe top three, who are your top three, um, front runners for MVP this year? Oh, good question. Um, I put a cost up there. Um, Almada for sure. Um, and then who else would I put in there? Maybe Boanga for LA, even though we haven't really, you know, we're not talking a ton about the West Coast or the Western Conference right now. Um, but I mean, I think what he does for LAFC um, has been exceptional, right? And they were obviously like firing on all cylinders at the beginning of the the season, and then so many games, so many minutes, and then <laughs> like, and then they started like being like, okay, what's happening with LAFC? Obviously, um, but yeah. Those would probably be my top three right now. I'm glad, I'm glad you said him and not Mukhtar. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, listen, I love Mukhtar. I mean, what? Yeah. And I think when you look at all these players, right, it's to the point of like, what do they bring to their teams? All four of those players, I mean, really in some way or another carry their team. I mean, Amada, I mean, makes that attack run for Atlanta United. And I think even the pieces that you've picked up in summer transfer shows that. Like now he has even more freedom. I feel like there's a little bit more security behind him. I think he has more freedom to roam, do what he does best, flow in and out whenever he wants. And so I think, yeah, I mean, just exceptional. What is it? Nine goals, 15 assists. Like that is lights out. Yeah. <laughs> he awesome. beat the, uh, the single yeah. season, the Atlanta single season assist record in this yeah. last match. So yeah. yeah. Incredible. And that was with having to basically take the team, you know, on his back because there was times where just where no one else was scoring. And that's why this yeah. transfer one was important because, you know, he was just trying to do too much for, for a good stretch there where he just was like, I've got to do everything. I've got to bring the ball all. I got to play defense. I got to move it all the way up there yeah. and I got to score too. Yeah. That's what I think is so interesting about your team though, as well, because I mean, still sitting in six, but like it was up and down for such a, but like the standards are so high, right? Like what the expectations and where you all want to be, but now you're like, okay, picked up some important pieces. And now it's like back to kind of maybe what the conversation was like in 2019 is I think is that everyone's making the comparisons there. Right. Like, so, but still, I mean, we're talking about DC United who's had some quite a few ups and downs. Do you think they're getting on a roll and then they drop points when you don't expect it, but like, yes, that might've been the case for you all, but you're still like in such a more secure spot than some of these other teams. So, I mean, hats off. Are there any matchups for this game tomorrow that in terms of position that you're looking at? Yeah, let me see. I have, 
Well, I think the the interesting, and we talked to Pineda about this too, and obviously we've seen it the last several matches, but of Lennon uh, being able to to pinch in and, and be more of an attacker from that right back position, right? And then it's almost like a hybrid three back. So I do think um, Fajardo for uh, DC United is an interesting one because Benteke in general, obviously is going to have a lot of attention. They'll be, they'll have to deal with him physically. But one thing that's been interesting about that is they do drift him to the left. At least they did last week, this past weekend in Charlotte to almost open him up. So then they play Fajardo because we've seen Kudu Petro play in that position as well, but Fajardo offers more of direct play, almost like another, another number nine. So I think the three in the back when Lennon does go, depending at the times, how they deal with Benteke, but then also another runner coming through. Because one thing in the – I wouldn't say there's a ton of similarities between Charlotte and Atlanta United, but there's some similarities in the fact that, like, okay, both teams, for the most part, want to keep possession. Now, obviously, right now, Atlanta United is firing on – all cylinders in a different way than Charlotte is, but there's some ideas from Latanzio's team that you're like, okay, I can see they want to get it wide, right? They have the ability to cross. They have the ability to go one V one. They did kind of like derail from that this past weekend. It seemed a bit. So I found that kind of interesting, but one thing that was always clear is how quickly DC United wanted to go. And they caused so many problems just with, with Benteke and his physicality to be able to bring the ball down. And then if they have runners going off of him, I mean, physicality wise, it's always such a challenge. You're asking so much of those defenders to one concentrate for 90 minutes to deal with Benteke and the other players uh, for the second ball. But you're also like mentally, it's challenging too, because you could be in control of the game and then one big ball over the top, they look dangerous. So I find that matchup for away from home um, will be an interesting one, especially if Atlanta United does potentially just drop off a little bit, not like a low block or anything, but like just concede a little bit of um, space and see how they can deal with that. Yeah. I'm curious to see if they come into this match a little bit like they did in the second half of this past one where they, I mean, they were very aggressive in, in getting the ball back and yep. pressure, but they were okay with bending a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's kind of how this team has evolved and maybe it's because of the players, but also I think Pineda has, has grown a little bit as a coach to where yeah. I mean, in the beginning of the season, it was almost like you were at the training ground and you mentioned anything about like giving up possession. It was like an insult to Pineda, you know, um, <laughs> but there's, there's times, you know, there's a time and place for it. You have to be yeah. pragmatic, but yeah. to, to your point though, I think one that I want to ask you about is Yakamakis. And I say that because we've seen him not, he hasn't struggled much, but in matches where he hasn't scored, it's been against some pretty big body defenders. And I mean, he's a big body guy as well. And yeah. He's aggressive, but Cincinnati kind of stands out to me. Of course, Cincinnati's on a different level right now than DC. But um, how do you think he fares against DC's defense in this one? Yeah. Um, well, that's a good question because Pines and Heinzeich, who started this past weekend uh, for DC United as the two center backs, I thought did incredibly well, especially against Capetti. Now, obviously, incredibly different size between Yakamakis and Capetti, right? Like, that's not the same height yeah. um, situation <laughs> here, right? Add, <laughs> add another Capetti on top of there, and then you have Yakamakis. So, um, but I do think what's interesting about DC United is if you can keep possession. So this is why I think it'll be interesting to see 
if they just try to hit uh, on the break or at times will they be able to, they would no doubt at times be able to keep possession. But I think that's where you can pull out DC United defensively. And so I think if Yakimakis puts himself into some good positions to play back to goal, but then also be able to get in behind quickly, I think he'll fare. It's going to be a battle no matter what, especially with Pines, who's going to be physical, who's going to track him into the midfield if that's where he goes, right? They, they will get pressure on him. But I think one thing that we've learned is that he does have an interesting profile as a number nine because you wouldn't think that he would be as agile or mobile to get in behind as, that, as well as he does, but he does. So he has a variety of ways that he can be threatening. So I think as long as he continues to move and then pick his moments, it will be a battle in terms of physicality, but he'll have the ability to be able to link and, and then get in into the box and create himself. So one thing for you to look out for here is uh, Yakamakis is uh, up for another yellow card accumulation. Yep. And last time he was a, about this was right before the international break and right towards the end uh, of, of his stay on the field, he just shoves someone to the ground for absolutely <laughs> no reason, gets a yellow card. And because yep. of the rule of international break, he wasn't even going to play in that game anyways. And, you know, he ended up really not technically missing a game. But like we talked about the schedule in Philly and Columbus and Cincinnati that are coming up. I wouldn't be shocked if, if he doesn't get a yellow card just at the end of the game. Just just wait for that shove. He's just going to yeah. take someone down. Just uh, <laughs> I, I think Montreal is the less of uh, of the Titans that you're playing there. So yeah. I, I think he, he's willing to uh, to sit out Saturday. Yeah. Chris and I will make sure we give you two a shout out because you heard it here first, everybody. Here first. Just don't bring back the other two receipts that Tommy's screwed us with, with Messi being scared. <laughs> um, all right. So I want to be sensitive to your time. Uh, I know you've got a big day tomorrow and everything. I just, one, one final question is kind of a fun question. Um, favorite. I, I was going to say favorite career moment or I'll let you pick favorite career moment, favorite national team moment, whatever. What, what was yours? Yeah. In your um, I would say, the 2011 World Cup final, we end up losing in penalty kicks to Japan. So that's like sometimes uh, people are like, wait, what? Um, which was really disappointing because we had gone up, they came back, right? And we end up losing it in penalty kicks. And But that is, I always say that that is the tournament that changed the trajectory of women's soccer, yep. specifically here in the U.S., right? Because uh, not to make this a, a long story at all, but prior to leaving for that tournament, the 2011 World Cup in Germany, we had a couple send-off or I guess just once enough match actually at Red Bull Arena and we played Mexico and there's like 5,000 fans that came, right? Because at that point in time, like every four years, people would get excited about our national team and uh, and then it would be ebbs and flows. And right. then we get to Germany and they put on this like amazing tournament. I mean, it was. And so in that final, we had like 60,000 plus packed house. Germany was one of the favorites. They had won the previous two World Cups. And they were going for a three-peat. They got knocked out early. Then everybody was like, all right, U.S., right? And it was like the perfect – outside of that final, I would also add in the uh, – or I think it was the quarterfinals. So us versus Brazil, you know, the, the goal heard around the world where Megan sends it into Abby. We tie it in like, you know, double overtime and then win in penalty kicks. And so that game is really kind of what set that tournament off, though, because it was like Major League Baseball was on strike. Um, I think 
NBA oh, yeah. hadn't like kicked off yet. Right. So it was like this kind of like really kind of odd period of like American sports where nothing was on except for the women's world cup. So it was like tune in. And then that game, right. was like amazing. And then, you know, it just garnered so much attention. And since then, like, I mean, don't quote me on this, but we haven't really played in um, fewer than like 20,000 fans. Right. I mean, it's just continued yeah. to build and it's been, and then this world cup, right. As a commentator, Yes, it was like phenomenal to be as a player and dream come true. But like to be able to be on this side and call the games this summer was just like Australia, New Zealand did an exceptional job. The games were like the highest of quality. Yeah, it was it was such a fun experience and something I'll never forget. So those are probably two player and now that's awesome. This summer. Yeah. So you're watching the penalty kicks with the U.S. Like when when it's about to start, like, do you just like go back to that moment uh, of being in in penalty kicks? Like, how do you feel like when you see that and you're, you know, commentating and and watching it over there and feels a little bit more of like a relief now that I'm watching it. Because I mean, obviously I, there's still some players like Megan's about to retire. I played with her. I played a little bit with Julie Ertz, who has her final game on Thursday, Alex and Becky. And so there's still some players and as like, you feel like it's a family, right? You really care about all of those players and you just want it to continue to, to be the best. And that is kind of the, that not kind of, that is the motto of the team, like leave it in a better place than where um, you, when you started with the team and that was left by Mia's and Julie and Michelle Akers and Brian Scurry. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel like I was like, puking on the sidelines in the 2011 and then now for this one you're like okay a little bit less like totally attached even though you are still attached in like uh, a different way but yeah it's just got riching devastating for the players because obviously not the tournament in the way that you wanted it to but also it's the development of the game I mean if you look at Brazil Germany as well knocked out in group stage and Yes, we have incredibly high expectations for our women's national team, and, and rightfully so, right? Where the program has, and so, but yeah, I, I felt for the players because you know how much it, it, it's it is a lifelong goal for all of those players. You put so much time; it's a mentally uh, taxing, and I think a lot of times it's skewed because you think of like such a short period of time of the buildup, but this, you're talking years of people's lives, right? Waiting for this moment and what it means to make that team and then to regroup emotionally and be like, okay, now I'm going to the world cup and then, and then to lose that way. So it's heartbreaking, gut, you know, heartbreaking, but also sport. And you know that when you go into. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, that's the ebbs and flows, I think of, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to three peat when when oh, three feeding yeah. is a 12 year process right like that's crazy yeah and especially when you look at like i mean it is what we are seeing in the women's soccer world now and in the fights and players using their platforms um for better obviously the the fight with spain and the women's national team right now after they just won uh but it is incredible like respect for all the players because the level that they're playing at now is yeah just enormous i mean it's such high quality soccer and that's what you want it to be right so at any given time regardless of what you think or where t- federations have been in the past the level has just risen well hopefully and i think that's what casuals don't understand like yeah. you know like yeah. you just see headlines everywhere usa women you know knocked out early and they don't really explain that 
yeah, the competition's leveled up. It's almost like right. it's an entirely different league than it was four years ago. Like, My before, like yeah. you knew there was two teams, like maybe three teams that were like, those are the team, one of the three teams are going to win it. And then this year, it's like, who knows? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So hopefully uh, we'll see an NWSL team in Atlanta at some point because it has been like the fans here in Atlanta, like they want one bad. Really yeah. Bad. So maybe, maybe you'll be calling those at some point, hopefully in the bins. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I hope so. I think Atlanta's an incredible market. So it'd be, I think it'd be fun. I think the fan, the fan base to your point would be just like rocking down there. So yeah, fingers crossed for that. Yeah. We watch. We continue to see expansion, right? So yeah, they're They're coming to my town. Yeah. Supposedly in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio is supposed to get a team here. They're, they're fighting hard for it. They're, they're, they said they're close apparently. I mean, there's a lot of places that are vying for, we have, um, you know, Bay FC that's coming in this next mm-hmm. year. And then Utah is returning as well. Um, so those two teams. And then it was just announced today with Boston. I mean, we knew that Boston was coming in, but now 2026 is confirmed. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's like a fun time. Really. Yeah. Fun. I, I, I say awesome. that in like the context of soccer in general in America, it is so fun because like yeah. the MLS, this MLS Apple um, product and like being able to call these games has just been so fun too. I did, I worked with Nashville SC during the 2020 pandemic time. So it was a bit of a MLS is back, all of that. And then I've called games for ESPN and uh, Fox, but uh, to be on a a regular basis like that, this covering the league has has been so fun. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good time to be a soccer fan. Um, Quick, quick story. We'll get you out of here. Yeah. The, so 2019, my wife, family, we're at the bins and we yep. were there just watching a game. And it was the, it was the Atlanta Red Bulls game in the middle of the summer. And that was like when Atlanta and Red Bulls, like they hated each other. That was like, <laughs> there was a rivalry for Atlanta. That was really it. They tried to do Orlando and all, but it was really the Red Bulls. And it was the same day as the World Cup final. And they put it up on the halo board in the bins. And so we were down on the field and we got to watch the whole final. And people got there, you know, hours early to be able to watch yep. this Women's World Cup final. And when the U.S. scored, they still did the train horn and everything. And, I mean, it was it was just a natural environment. And yep. so, you know, we look forward. Hopefully it happens. But the the people want to see it, right? Like, yep. if, if that was any indication of what it could be, it was a really good environment. So, yeah. Hopefully. That's a long day. That's a long day of, of watching. Like, <laughs> I remember that day, and I remember like waking up early, going to brunch, just started drinking mimosas. <laughs> but like, imagine myself at the Benz for you know five hours drinking, you know those really cheap beers that they have. Uh, I I wouldn't have even remembered the Red Bulls game by at, at that point. <laughs> Bravo to you. Are you with your family? So I I I, I get it, but. I'd be it sleeping. Was, I'd be sleeping was, between games. One hundred percent. It was a core memory. So, <laughs> Lori, we appreciate it so Thank much. Thank you. Oh my goodness! Great to be chatting with you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, love to come back anytime. So let me yeah. know. But and good luck to you all tomorrow. Appreciate it. Open invite. Let us know. If all right, you're in the bins, let us know. We'll we'll be there. Perfect. Watch out for the Yakamakis punch. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Listen and look, keep an eye, keep an ear out for your your two names. So. That's right. Okay. Cool. We appreciate yeah. it. All right. Take care. Thanks, Lori. All right. Cheers. Good stuff. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. So, and, and, and I love the insight from, you know, the world cup, right? Like we haven't had many world cup players on here, but actually it's kind of funny. Like 
every every guest we've had, especially from MLS, has such a varied background and everything. Some come from playing, some, you know, come from a variety of things. Um, Jaime was a go-kart racer at one point, which was kind of cool. But yeah. um yeah, I mean that that was cool, really cool insight. And we don't get to talk about the women's league much here. I mean, we try to talk about everything. Um, and we did the World Cup stuff, obviously, but it just doesn't come up. So that was that was a good chat. That was a good time. And great insight into sure. the games in the league, too. Yeah. So So where do we finish off? Wait, so we I know we were kind of just trying to get through. I think we got through everything. We got through the replay, the the highlights. Was there anything else that we missed? Uh we hung out the supporters. Yeah. And we which, which we was a ton of fun. Yep. Yeah, um, we, we we had a we had a lot of fun just hanging out. Um, you know, that, that's people ask me all the time, like, why do you go to Atlanta all the time? Like, and obviously they know I'm a huge sports guy, but I, I will tell you that when I hit the supporters lot and like being there for so many years, I've it, it almost becomes like seeing family. Like, you know what I mean? Like a guy that lives, you know, an hour and a half flight away. Like, I mean, you saw like people are just like I, I people that I've just met through Terminus, um, met met friends through uh, the Open Cup, the backyard against. I, I parked next to them at an Open Cup game in Columbus, Ohio. I see them everywhere. It's like it's almost like a family reunion every time I come. And like you don't feel that at Falcons games. Like I'm a huge Falcons guy, but like. I don't get that there. I go in my seat and I watch the game. But for Atlanta United, it's like you're going to the supporters lot. You're you're seeing friends. Like I can only imagine what it is like. You know when you're doing it every week. Um, you probably have a drinking problem by the end of that. By the end of the season, <laughs> uh, of how much it is. But like it's it's so fun just going and seeing everybody. And like it was it was awesome because like we we met people that we, that listened to us that we've you know only, we've only talked to in our Discord or or through the chat here. And we really appreciate everybody that you know came and stopped by and and said hi and uh, it was it was great meeting everyone. Yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun and um, things in terms of like doing giveaways and stuff did not happen the way that we wanted it to. We had some technical difficulties too with some things. So look, guys, like we were, we're having fun though. Like we're having fun. Yeah. I mean, and I think everybody was having fun as well. And and we appreciate everybody that listens, obviously, and watches, um, and and just folks coming up and saying, Hey, like, love your show. You know, and I, I, we appreciate it. Like for, for real, for real. Um, it's, it's really cool to see, really cool to hear. Um, my, my middle son is having his birthday at the Montreal game. And so he wanted to go to the supporters tailgate. It's first time there. So, uh, I'll be over there again Saturday. Uh, but I'll have the family movie this time. So it'll be fun. And, uh, he's still deciding if he wants to do the March, but he also wants to be able to go inside and eat food. So I don't know that he's going to, he's going to stay for the March, but um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fun, but it's you gave him yeah, a fake ID. Huh? You gave him a fake ID. Man, that kid couldn't pass if, if he wanted to. <laughs> now my oldest one, he could, but not that one. Well, he's huge. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's freaking taller than me now. Whatever. I, I'm, I'm eye rolling visibly for those of you listening after the fact. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was, it was a great game. Great, great time. Obviously it always makes it better when you win five, two, especially, but great game. Um, who do you think had the worst rating of all, not just Atlanta, but all. If you don't know the name, you might be able to say what he did. 
See, I feel like you're setting me up now. Now I'm like overthinking I'm, it. I'm not setting you up. I mean, look, I'm not trying to stab you in the back, man. <laughs> I promise. So the best game? No, worst game. Oh, worst game. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, we already talked about it. It was Brooks Lennon. Uh, On both teams, though. Oh, both teams. Uh, I, I'm not even going to guess Miami. So, uh, Mayumba? Mayumba? No, 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 no. Actually, Mayumba had an 8.1. Um, so for Atlanta, the worst fought mob rating was actually, Bra- uh, wait. Yeah, Brad Guzan. Okay, well, yeah, Brad doesn't count, so let's let's go let's go yeah. someone else. Um, but no, for the whole match, um, Kamal Miller, who had the own goal, um, two point eight, two point eight on Fat Mob. Um, it was a pretty bad day in general on Fat Mob for Miami. DeAndre Yedlin had a four point eight, Avales had a five, Kamal Miller had that two point eight, and Allen had a four point seven. So it was, it was rough. It was rough. Messi had an um, NA. An NA, yeah. Not applicable. Um, Saba had a 8.2. I just wanted to throw him out there. Tyler Wolf had a 7. Got to talk about Tyler Wolf's goal. And the only reason I, I, I point this out is because the kid has become a like a sniper in terms of putting that ball over the top of a goalkeeper and aiming for that, that top of the net kind of section. And I talked to him about it um, after the Orlando match earlier this season in Orlando when I was down in Orlando um, because he scored in that game. You know, he saved the game for Atlanta. And uh, Omar, Drake Callender had a 4.4, just so you know who's asking. Um, So it was not good for him either. But yeah, anyway, so Tyler Wolf, I asked him just about the goal, you know, kind of walk through it. And he said, you know, he's he's always he's trying to aim for that, you know, top of the net kind of over the goalkeeper. Of course, you run the risk, right? You're just going to send it over the top. That's it's it's a risk unless you are confident in your ability to put that shot on target. And he said it's because that's the last thing goalkeepers expect. They're expecting you to try to send it, you know, beside them, five hole them, you know, whatever. But it's hard as a goalkeeper because you're going down. That's what you do as a goalkeeper. You're letting gravity take over and you're trying to go to the ground and, and stop the shot. But if you can get it over their head on these close shots like Tyler Wolf has had all season, then you're as long as you put it on target, it's going in. And he's he's killing it this year. Um, and this one, man, it was not an easy shot to do what he did. And for it to hit the bottom of the goalpost, uh, the crossbar, and to go in, man, it was that was just. You know, I, we've done Chef's Kiss a lot tonight, but nah, that was that was amazing. And on a keeper that hasn't been allowing many goals, like yeah, at all, um, over the past what two months, I mean, he's been pretty much a wall, and and yeah. you you threw a fiver on him. Yep, that that's that's huge. So wait, what was Brad's uh, rating? Brad had a five point nine. What was the other guys? Four point four. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> um. <laughs> Obviously, the highest one for Miami was Campana. He had an 8.7, but I don't know how Busquets got a 7.9 because he he didn't even show up. Funny story, and I don't I don't think Doug will mind me telling you all this. Doug Robertson, we're sitting in the uh, in the media um, or in the press room after the match, waiting for Pineda to get there, and we're talking. And he was chatting with I think Sam Jones, and. He was like, man, it's just crazy because, you know, freaking Messi didn't show up. Alba didn't show up. Busquets didn't show up. And we kind of stopped for a second. We're like, wait, 
are you being serious? Like Busquets played and he was like, dude, I did not even realize he was on the field, but that's just how it was, man. Like he, <laughs> he got marked out of this game and he, he should have been the one to give up a penalty for Atlanta and he got shafted or we got shafted, but so. All right. What else? I mean, we can beat the Miami horse to death. We had a good, good chat with Lori. We got to talk about DC, but is there anything else we need to cover about this Miami match? I mean, Joseph and Tata. Uh, you know, that, that uh, little thing that they did before the game, you know, they just showed their picture up there and um, thanked them for everything that they did. That, that was, that was cool. I know they're, they're saving it for, you know, when Joseph eventually retires. Uh, I'm curious where Joseph's future is after the season. I mean, talking to, uh, our our battered herons friends they, they think there's no chance he comes back next season uh they'll be wanting to throw money at other places uh, i'm curious where his career goes on from here uh that that'll be interesting to see but it, it was it was it was nice what what they did for him and then you know we talked about it, tyler how they did the you know the announcer you know kind of announced his name like he would when he was with Atlanta, that was a, that was a small thing. And, you know, maybe you don't do that if it's, you know, tied two to two at that point, you don't want to give this guy any momentum, but at that point, the game was already put away, you know, they're they're giving him his, his, uh, his props. And you, you saw some videos of them, you know, him hugging Almada. That that was nice to see. Uh, it's just good to, just good to see him. And it was nice. The fan reaction, you know, that they gave him, you know, no matter what happened in the last, you know, couple years, uh, you know, with the front office and, you know, his beef with, you know, tables and rice and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's good to see him. And, you know, whenever he does retire, they'll, they'll do something nice for him and I'm sure everything will be, you know, back to, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be back on good terms. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was cool to see. It was cool to see Tata. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, as an Atlanta fan, I'm glad he didn't do anything. He, yeah. There was one moment where there was kind of a little bit of a fumble in the box that he almost pounced on, which is what he does. And Brad was able to pounce on it first after like a little bit of a cluster. Um, but he just didn't really have many touches and he didn't do much. And again, if you're an Atlanta fan, that's what you wanted. You, you, We've already had the story play out in Miami one time this year where he comes on and his first touch is literally a goal against Atlanta. Like, Freaking script writers, man, killing Atlanta. But the the script got flipped in this one, which is good. I'll take it all day. So, do you think Miami makes the playoffs? I know we talked about it with Lori, but do you think they make it? No, me too. Especially after hearing Tata, um, after this match, say essentially that they're prioritizing the Open Cup over the playoffs. Which I mean makes sense. Like that's one game to get another trophy. Um. The playoffs, I mean, even with Messi, like, yeah, there's a there's a solid chance you're going to go and win, but you can't just draw at this point. And if we go back to the League's Cup, right, there was a lot of matches where if you had played regulation 90 minutes, they, they just would have been draws. They would not have been wins. They were only wins because they had to go to penalties. Um, So, yeah, I mean, draws are not good enough, especially now. Like, you, you did yourself no favors by losing in Atlanta. There's no margin for error, so... I just don't know, especially with there being talk of him not even playing tomorrow, or if he does, not playing much. I just don't think, I don't think they have it. Apple's got to be so furious uh, because, like, that's I, I, they got their subscriptions, so maybe, so maybe not. You know, I mean, they've already got the, you know, crazy seeing the numbers of of what, 
yeah, it's wild. Know, he's done and and how how the buys and great for the league and all of that. But you know, I don't know what happens. You know, we we talked a little bit about this when, when I was there. That you know, like sure, you go add another DP spot, which is great for the league, I think, and it's going to make the quality better. But Miami, they're not going to not give Miami the other another DP spot. They're going to get one too, which means more messy friends are coming. Yeah, like it, you know, I, I don't know what's going to come of the, these playoffs, but you know, like Lori said, it's about momentum, and we've seen teams like our 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 current president's former. Uh, Seattle go in and just have a late run and, and be able to do things like this is the year you, you really want to try to to win it because you know you don't know what's going to happen next year and you know obviously Messi will be have an off season get rested and then you know they're, they're going to probably start off really hot um, it, it'll be it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens before so you know what throw it in and 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 win it now yeah well he's out of in. it. And, you know, I'm not Atlanta's to... done that. I think Atlanta's gone all in. Like, personally, there's nothing else they could have really done here in this window. And what's crazy is that they can get better, right? Like, this team can get better going next year. Yes, you might lose Almada, but you're going to have other DP. You're going to have two. If Almada leaves, you've got two DP spots. You've got other money freeing up in other places or likely freeing up. Like, you've this team can improve. And, like, now I think all of us... And like everyone that's in the chat, uh, everyone that's in our spaces, I think won't disagree. Like before this transfer window, you're like, oh God, who, who's Boca bringing in now? You know, how bad is this player? Like, no, they beefed everything up and now they're getting the right guys in at right values, not overpaying for players. I feel confident. Like I, I feel confident for the rest of the season. I feel confident for the playoffs next season and just got to stay healthy. You got to stay healthy until what the playoffs start, like the last week of October, first week of November, somewhere Somehow, in there. Right. Yeah. yeah Cause you'll you have to stay healthy. What well, decision day is like what the 21st, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So yeah. Got my tickets yesterday. Heck yeah. So it, it's going to be, um, it's me wild. These last few matches are definitely going to be wild. Um, but before they get to that, they've got DC. So Again, I'm not going to say what I what I want to say because superstition and all. Like I said when Lori was on here, but you know, this is this is the chance to go and get your fourth away win of the season, and it would be huge. It would be huge if you can make it happen. We have let's let's see. I'm trying to take a look here. So Atlanta in the Eastern Conference is sixth. On, let's see, they've got, of course, they've played one more game than pretty much everybody else except for DC. So actually, that kind of helps you a little bit. But um, most other teams in the Eastern Conference still have a game, if not two, in hand on you. But you you get three points tomorrow and some other things go your way. You could jump up to third tomorrow. You could be, again, knock on wood and a whole lot of luck going your way. You could be second by the end of this week which is wild. That's how crazy tight the Eastern Conference is. But on that point, Atlanta is sixth in the East. Just real quick. I'm putting you on the spot a lot, buddy. I'm sorry. But real quick. Oh, no. I get nervous. (laughs) I get nervous. Okay. Overall, where do you think they're at in the standings? Overall, both East and West Conference. So they're sixth and seventh. 
Yeah. Yeah. That tells you the West sucks. That's what I said earlier. Like the West is terrible. It's what it's just St. Louis, right? Um, or St. Louis LAFC. Yep. Yeah, because LAFC you, still there. You're being chased by LAFC and Seattle. So and it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like you can make if you can make the finals, as long as it's not St. Louis, you could be hosting MLS Cup. Yeah. Like that and, and that's like this is what we were talking about. Like it's so important they get and as many points as they can right now because yeah, like you're in, once you get to those single elimination games, I mean, we've only won three road games. Now, we should have won more. We blew a lot of late leads, at least three on the road that I can count of. But yeah, if you can continue to to get these points and, you know, long other teams are going to stumble. And if you don't stumble and we saw that the year that they um, they ended up uh, losing to Toronto in the Eastern Conference uh, championship like they weren't the best team like in there but they were because of other upsets in the west they would have hosted it so yeah i if you're if you're gonna do it you, you want to be as high as you can yeah the 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 best of three is obviously important having that third game at home uh for sure but after if you could get past that the, the longer you could stay home the better and like you know i know we've played more games than everyone else i think that helps us a little bit because we're just a little bit more rested going into uh the playoffs you know it, it's it's one less game and we've been probably one of the most rested teams in a bad way because we were one of the first you know mls teams out of leagues cup but i mean since then what you're four one and one yeah uh or three yeah. one and one yeah i think three one and one thing. yeah i mean you're, you're doing great uh from there and like you're taking it like we took advantage of tired teams as well like that nashville game like that was that was, you know, absolutely controlling a team that just had played too much soccer. Cincinnati, we, we should have won that game. I, I'm sorry. Like that's, yeah. you know, I mean, people could talk about the game, but like, I, I it was bad coaching, and I, Pineda wasn't there, so I could I don't feel bad about saying it. It was just bad coaching. Like you're just trying to go, uh, you know, you were just trying to go head to head, back and forth with them. Like play defense, and that's what that's what you want to see in in these last what five games, five mm-hmm. right these five games is to continue to grow on the defensive side. Stop giving up these, these scoring chances. And um, you were doing that for a little bit. You shut out or, you, you know, you, you did a good job against Nashville or you shut Nashville out. You shut Seattle out. You're getting better at it, but you, you need to see the Abram miles Robinson combination continue uh, for sure. And then like you, you get another break, you get the international break right before um, decision day. So that's another thing where you got to worry about players staying healthy. Yeah. Um, but like that Cincinnati game, like a lot of people say, like, oh well, Cincinnati's not going to play anybody. Cincinnati is going to play their players because if they don't, then all their players are going to have what three weeks off, basically, or something Pretty like much. that. Like they're yeah. they're going to have a lot of time off, so they don't want to go in. Like, remember, uh, was it New England that like chose not to have like their first like that was when they had the bye week. They had the bye, yeah. Yeah, and they decided to like not play on that weekend, so they ended up playing like what on Black Friday or something like that, yeah. and um, they ended up they they were rusty and they ended up blowing that game. Yep. Um, a little bit different because you have best of three, but like still they're they're going to come to play uh, uh, against Atlanta and Cincinnati for sure. Maybe they don't play the whole game, but they're going to come to play. Yeah, I'm excited. Just so excited. I'm excited too. So I want I want to go over some stats here in a second, but uh, I saw Samuel saying uh, I'll be there. Not sure which game you're talking about, but he's saying he's Cincinnati. He's okay. He's coming decision day with me. Sweet, cool. Um, you're... let's see. 
And then Daniel saying might go to that Columbus game on the seventh. That'll be good. Uh, Dan, getting top four is going to require wins. Is this the first tiebreaker? That's that's definitely a, a good shout for sure. Um, you've got to start getting the W's for sure, like back to back now. And I mean, and you can. That's the thing. Um, Omar, does Parada start another game for Atlanta United? Unless they're resting one of those two for some reason, or they get a knock, I don't think so. I think you you need to continue to build that Miles Abram chemistry. Like it hasn't been a, a whole season thing, right? Prada was like the starter for mm-hmm. you know at, at least half the season. So I think they're still trying to grow that relationship together, even though it's probably going to end at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, but but you need it for these for this playoff run. So yeah, I I, I think that they're going to play as much as you can. That spaces talk we had, I, I don't know, it was probably about three weeks ago. You know, does Etienne see the field? I, I saw he played for the twos. Yeah. Over the weekend, which is which is interesting. Um but yeah, I I, I I don't know. That's that's uh that's gonna be an interesting situation because you've as long as you keep everyone like the the Silva thing is that's like it's a loan and we we have an option to buy, right? Yeah. Okay. Where do I click buy now? Like, right, is, is the button is the button on here? Like, yeah, right. you're, you're gonna buy now, hundred um, percent. But man, I just when he does these backflips, and you know, one last thing: Do you think that Messi not playing had to do with Aaron Rodgers on Monday night, I think or do you think there was bit. even a quarter a quarter of it was was part of that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I me think... too. I think it was maybe inopportune timing for people that wanted to see Messi. <laughs> I I I will sit here and tell you I don't think the f- turf in Messi's mind is an issue. I really don't. However, I do think he he was already fatigued anyway. We know that. But if Tata is is saying, "Hey, look, man, we don't have to win this game because we're really trying to go for this cup that's coming up very soon. There's going to be a lot of conversation about turf after what happened because he was asked about it. And he said, Tata said, oh, yeah, I know all about that that thing with, with you know, football. Like American Aaron, football. Yeah. Um, if so, anybody doesn't know, if anybody doesn't follow, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, played on Monday Night Football. First and... Game. Yeah, first game uh, playing for New York is out there and tears his Achilles on turf. On like the third play of the yeah. of the season or something like that. So that and then the the NFL Players Association came out demanding that all the teams change the grass. And like this happens every time a major player gets hurt on turf. That the Players Association goes at it, and then like the fans start going after it. I mean. It's it's just what happens. Uh, sorry, fourth play uh, of the season, but yeah, it's it's it, it, it was sad to see. But like, I started thinking about it, and like our Batter Herons friends, they also have a, a New York Jets podcast that they do. So when I hopped on there, he was depressed because Aaron Rodgers was out, and then I was like, oh man, like your two favorite players could get hurt on turf in one week in the same week <laughs> in the same week. And he's like, yeah, I don't want him there. They said like, I don't want to see him on that field. Yeah. Which I'm fine with it again. as an Atlanta fan, but 
Yeah, that that's just that's just crazy. It just made me think about it. Like when when you you know you were doing the whole pizza thing, I like I looked up at the TV and they were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and like it all just clicked. I'm like, it's just a weird timing thing that you know it. Yeah, let's just not let's not do that Saturday. It'll be curious. I think if he if he goes a, another match and doesn't play on turf, you know that doesn't have anything to do with timing around like him being you know injured or having muscle fatigue or whatever. Then I think there's definitely like a okay. Well, did you be honest with us when you said you didn't have an issue playing on turf? But I, I just don't. I don't think that's it. I really don't. But yeah, we'll see. Um, Bruno asking predictions. Yeah, oh. yeah, we'll we'll get it. Um. I hit Bruno's comment, and then one more thing. Uh, is it really possible to maintain grass at the bins with so much going on there? It seems that the cost is huge in the long run. It is huge, and the problem is it's not just Atlanta United. It's the Falcons. It's concerts. It's concerts, yeah. You know, the freaking monster truck thing. Like, there's so much going on there. It's not something that you can just, like, by, by the end of two weeks – in a typical bins schedule, that grass would look like hot garbage. It's not an easy thing to do. This is not the new, you know, Bernabeo that has where like the freaking turf lifts out of the ground and then goes back under there and has like lights on it <laughs> when it's not being used. Like it's not, they don't have that here. They're going to have to make it work for the world cup. We know that. Um, yeah. Emilio saying the grass in July for the, the premier league matches started turning after five days. It's now granted they're going to do it a little differently for the world cup, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't take long to get worn out, torn up everything else um, inside a building. That's just how it is. So, and it's not just Atlanta. Like there's other, yeah. like uh, we were talking about New York, like New York, the, the giants and the jets uh, share a stadium. And, you know, if you had grass and depending on what the weather is, they might have three games in, in eight days there and then then what happens like that's going to be a pretty messed up field and then you're basically just playing on dirt and you're that that's going to cause injuries itself there so it's not just atlanta you know i i don't think they were going to force teams to 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 play on this i I think turf is going to continue to improve you know i think it has improved over the years yeah um but yeah you're not going to see any major changes anytime soon no um all right real quick Got to hit on two spikes real quick, just because we had Nick Firmino on here the other day. You guys think Nick Firmino is coming up to the first team next season? It's so hard to say because it's it's tough to say where he would get time in this midfield, right? You want him to have time. You want him to have playing time. But he's also like absolutely killing it in next pro. I wouldn't be surprised if, a, if an MLS team or, or some other team um, in a division somewhere else in the world comes and says, Hey, we want him because he has, he had another goal in this past match this weekend. They were eliminated from the playoffs, had a crazy match. It was three, one going into the half. They fight back three, three, almost win it. But then they had to win outright. They couldn't just win in penalties with the rules that MLS next pro has. Um, but Nick Firmino scored in that one too. So the dude's just, he's all over the place. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, comes and picks him up for Mino, Bruno San Firmino for Josetu. I would, I'm, I'm here for it, but you know, it, it, it's tough because you've seen what Josetu will do with Muyamba. 
it's definitely made him better. But I also think you're paying Hosetu way too much to keep him. I think you can get, I mean, yeah, Nick Firmino or somebody much, much cheaper. If we're just talking about money, that'll fit better with Muyumba. And I did, but I, but Nick is such a. I think they could fit well together. I, I think they could. I mean, yeah. y- you know, him being a, a, an attacker. I mean, you're going to see this midfield. Compl- I, I think it's going to change a lot. Um, I, I mean, you got Hosetu, you got Sosa, uh, you got Ibarra. Like you, you got all these guys. You, you, you there's going to be so many moving pieces. As soon as the season ends, like I, I feel like we're not going to be able to even keep up with some of these moves, which is good for us because we, you know, you want stuff to talk about in the winter. But <laughs> I, I think you're you're going to see a, a huge change uh, there, and like we don't really know. I don't think we know what Mayumba is making right now, but like, yeah, I. I doing the salary cap kind of in my head, like it it doesn't seem like they probably paid him like a crazy amount of money. And like you were able to find him and like, he's doing crazy things. Now what's Nagby Nagby's still a DP like, and like people are comparing him to Nagby. It's like, we're, we're, I think we're getting a deal on him, you know, without knowing, I mean, we won't find out till the end of the the season when they release the, uh, you know, the roster guide or whatever. But I, I I'm interested to see all three of these guys coming in, what they're making, you know, the, the three main ones. I know we, we've got what, Tiari, uh, wait, yeah. who's the other players? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I mean, we, we don't know what he looks like, uh, but man, you, we were talking about the Yakamakis, you know, punch or whatever that, that might happen on, uh, <laughs> on then, but then Saturday, then, then you probably see it because I don't, I, I don't want to, I don't want to see Barry start on Saturday. If that actually ends up happening. I, I, I think that's, all honestly, I think that's all part of the plan. I think Jamal Tiari gets the start. I don't know that he plays a full ninety that that on Saturday. Then you may see Barry come on as a sub, but that's that's hey, you got depth, right? That's what you want. So it'll be curious. I hope he comes out as hot as the other three has. You know, knock on wood. But we'll see. Um, all right, DC, real quick, and then we can do predictions while we're here. Um, Atlanta two one and one over the last four games. DC one one and two. Atlanta's first in the league in the last four games in goals scored at twelve. Um, DC's tied for sixteenth at five. They've given up three, so their, their defense has actually been pretty pretty solid the past few matches. Um, Atlanta tied for fourteenth at six goals allowed. So. Um, Brooks Lennon is absolutely killing it in this league right now. He is the goal plus assist leader for MLS defenders right now at 14. Wow. Second place is our old friend John Gallagher has 11. Um, Yakamakis Mukhtar and Denny Boanga all tied for the golden boot at 14, being chased by Acosta and Polito at 13. Um, Tiago Mata third and chances created at 81. He's behind right behind Carlos Hill at 82 and Christian Espinoza at 86. So um, you know, stats are stats, right? The stats don't always fit the eye test, but the eye test has been really good. Has been really good over the past. I mean, it really since League's Cup. Like I don't understand since he was was tough. But they're the supporter shield. I don't want to say winners because they're not yet, but winners for a reason. So, you know, it's 
the stats are matching up a little bit more. Things are kind of coming good where they where they finally should. And it seems like it's been a long time since we could say that. Like they have good games and the stats maybe don't back it up or they have good stats and the freaking game sucks, right? Well, you're you're kind of evening things out and things are looking good for Atlanta in both ways. So I'm really, really curious to see because DC is they're they're an average team. And Atlanta right now is playing like a serious playoff team. This should be a good game. You need to see Saba start eventually. You you, you need to see how, how he could do for an entire game. Uh, I want to see that. I want to see, how, again, I want to see how the defense uh, continues to grow. Um, but you should start, again, cross your fingers that this team stays healthy. But, like, you... That would be my my interesting thought here is is what is your starting lineup and we, we've got some time to think about it but I think everybody should start thinking about that in in their head right you know does Mascara start in the playoffs and then you have Saba come in at half like is that something that you know maybe that they want to do maybe they want that super sub out there right now a guy that could come in and he's obviously done you know some some nice things when other players are tired but these are just fun things to start thinking about it, you know, as we, we head towards November, because that, that these are legit questions that, that you should start having with yourself is like, what, what are we going to look like in, 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 uh, you know, a single elimination game? Yeah. And, and also people have to remember too, like any team that goes deep in these playoffs, I mean, you're essentially looking at a very, very compact schedule. So if you make it, pretty decently far into the playoffs, like you're going to have to rest guys at some point. You have to. There's no way that anybody is playing that many games back to back to back like that. So, you know, maybe they you will, though. They will. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. I you're going to have to like you're, you're going to have like teams with depth are, are going to do always do a little bit better, especially in these type of things. Like we don't have a ton of depth. I don't think like a ton of quality depth. But like you think about it. OK, Tyler Wolf, maybe Saba. Like coming off there, um, who else? I I, I mean, Sadage, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, Sadage and Ozetu are still like two A and two B to me. Yeah. Uh, at, at that point, I think they're still very similar. We haven't seen. Have we really seen Sadage in my own buddy together? A little bit, not not for long. Not that much. Just for like yeah. little short cameos here and there. And and yeah, not so bad. You got a little bit. You're right. You, you, you've got some guys that, that can do some things for sure, but you're going to have to throw out the, the best lineups possible as you get towards, you know, again, you don't want games on the road. That's the most important thing. Keep winning these games and like four, one or three, one and one, like in this window, like I think half the, the fan base was like, we are screwed with this schedule, <laughs> right? Like we got to fly over to Seattle. Then we got to come back and play Nashville. And then we got to go play Cincinnati and then we're going to Houston. And then we got to play Messi in, in Miami. This team is, isn't going to make the playoffs. And like, we even started questioning that for a little bit too, because of how bad we were, you know, right before, you know, leagues caught, like we've come a long way. And, and what feels like a very short time. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. We still have one. You, one you win that Cincinnati game. Like if you, you play, like you were playing against Miami, like, that Cincinnati game, we should have been up two, three, nothing. Yeah. Before Acosta, you know, ended up like scoring that that winner. Like we should have had three goals. This team was still gaining chemistry at that point. Like, yep. If it continues to grow, you're you're going to be good to go. Yep. Um, about to do predictions. 
Dak asking, has Tiara kept up with training? Thought he said in a press conference he hadn't trained much. I'll just really quick to clarify that. Uh, in training last week, we talked to him. Um, he was asked fitness, like what is his fitness like? Because he had just gotten there that Sunday. This was Tuesday. Uh, and he was saying like he's still, he's freaking tired. He's just not quite in the <laughs> Eastern time zone yet. But he said, yeah, I mean, at the end of League Two season, he has not really, I think, again, this is being translated. So don't overlook into this. But he was saying he hasn't trained much since the end of the season, which I think is just essentially saying, like, I haven't trained with a team. Not that he hasn't, like, like he's not sitting on the couch eating potato chips for the past two months. Um, the guy looked good. Watched him play. Watched him train. He he seems to be a serviceable, solid striker, and he's quick and agile uh, and lanky, super lanky. So, but yeah, he's still going to be working his way up to fitness. I think by Saturday, I think you can get a half, maybe 60 minutes out of him, and then you give Barry the rest of the time. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just make it obvious, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that like people that aren't you know watching this and then just listen to it later, hearing that noise, thinking I'm just like throwing up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, bas- I basically was. I, I, I just look. Barry came here and they were hoping he was going to do what he did in Columbus. It's just not working. Just be grateful. It was just a a season a season thing. It's a different thing. That... Like yeah, it's completely different. Like you, you didn't have any money really at that time. Yakamakis wasn't ready. Um, it, it it was a, it was a move that you know uh low risk high reward right i think that's the the best way yeah. of saying that yeah and and yeah sorry tommy Barry starts saturday uh, i could see that i i could see him him starting the game and then and, and then him finishing it for for sure you know maybe maybe he plays 30 um panita has definitely i think he's done a good job because of all the injury history right of everybody that he just slowly you know takes care of the players make sure i mean i think that's what they're doing with saba really yeah. I, I don't think they're just i and i do think he's gaining some more confidence in mascara which i he's improving right like i yeah. i do see something that's coming out of him and like what do I, the u22 spot i, I know we, we've been doing this for a while but we still got a lot of people listening so it's been a hell of a roller coaster, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you get these guys in. Sosa's the guy, right? Like so, like well, first it's Eric Lopez. Like Eric Lopez is the future. Everybody's talking about how great this guy's gonna be, and then he disappears. Then you know, uh, then it's Sosa. Sosa's the the golden child. He's gonna be doing great. Then Sosa gets hurt. Sosa gets sick. Sosa never plays again, and then it's. Then what happens? Uh, and then Ibarra starts getting good, and Ibarra's doing well, and then you get rid of him, and then Sosa plays for a little bit, and now it's it's the Mascara show, starting every game. Look at us. Who would have thought? You know, the thing is, and I've been saying it for a long time, Like the, you've got him for four years. Well, going back to summer of 2022, you have him for four years. If he grows, and he now has legit strikers i mean uh wingers to learn under he could be a guy that really really grows into a solid piece for this team over the next couple of years it's not like he's he's 
training under Luis Arujo now and learning how to cut to his left foot and then send it to, you know, mom who town <laughs> just yeah. cooing, cooing yeah. the field goals and into yeah. the supporter section and right yeah. through the uprights. Um, he's got guys that are dynamic wingers and, and that's what you want. You want them mentoring him. Um, it'll be curious to see what they do with those U 22 spots. Again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Santiago Sosa. He has to come off that designation this off season. I just don't see them eating that cap hit and then bringing it back. I think they're going to get rid of him. Uh, Brian asking, you know, Franco Ibarra's on loan. Will he come back? I don't think so. Personally, I don't, I don't feel like he will. I think, I think they're going to wipe that slate clean. Um, and don't be surprised if the right offer comes for Mosquera. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they let him go either, but I don't think they're just going to try to get rid of him. I think, Again, he could grow into a good piece. We thought he was never coming back. Right. I thought we would never see him again, ever. And he's shown back up, and yeah, he's rough around the edges. We we, we get it, for sure. But he's got a goal, you know, which is more than he had last year. <laughs> so, all right. Prediction. What is What is the final score tomorrow? I'm going to say Atlanta wins. It's just I'm debating whether it's three to two or two to one. I'm going to say it's it's two to one Atlanta. Okay. Uh, any particular goal score or? Uh, I say Silva continues his thing, and Ahmad is due for one. Yeah, he is. He definitely is. All right, I'm going to say I've gone back and forth in my head. I'm going to say 2-0 Atlanta. I think Brad gets the clean sheet, which would be big, another clean sheet. Um, and I'm going to say Yakamakis, and I think Almada as well. Almada, like you said, he's due for one for sure. Um, and I also think him getting one would – I think his decision-making has been a little off. Like he's doing great, but I think his decision making has been a little off these past couple of matches. There's times where he's he's dribbling a little too much when he could make yeah. the pass, you know, um, which is not typical of him. Again, he still finds a way to make something happen, so whatever. But I think I think he's missing a goal. I think he's just like I, I need another goal, and I think that'll settle him down a little bit. But I think he gets it. Um, yeah, I think two 0 That'd be that's huge. a good point. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was about to say I appreciate it, but <laughs> no, I, I, that's a good point because, like, you know, in that video, the highlight video, they show one of his his runs right with the ball, and he's going through like three different guys. But there was a point where he should have passed. Yeah, and instead he just gives it up, right? And like you've seen a lot of that over the past few games, where like he he's doing some great things, but he's just not passing it. And like I, I wonder if that goes back to like him either. You know, before we we were saying he was just trying to do too much, right? And I don't know if that's it, but yeah, maybe like you said, maybe he's trying to get some confidence himself because he's seeing everybody else score, right? Yeah. Everybody else is doing it. Like when he was the guy that was only scoring, you know, him and Yakamakis, and you know he hasn't really, you know, been able to do it for a while. So yeah, maybe he's trying to get his confidence up. But I mean, he could just be just as valuable by just making those perfect passes that he has, like that perfect pass to Yakamakis when he when he scored. Uh, 
when, when you know got it over everyone's head straight to, mm-hmm. to Yakamakis's head like that was that was beautiful like he he's just as valuable being a passer so hopefully he can get that figured out um that's obviously a huge thing for him too like being sold like making these type of plays and he's about to go into a a, a you know other leagues don't have these type of playoffs right so like he he's going to be on a huge stage coming up here um when MLS playoffs start and like if he can make some highlights here like Almarone did in yep. MLS playoffs like that's that's huge for him yep agreed um all right Ariel saying 2-0 Atlanta uh Brian saying 3-1 Atlanta Jack also saying 3-1 Atlanta Dan saying 4-2 Atlanta, Daniel, 4-1 Atlanta, Shonde with two, Saba with one, and Yakamakis with one. I like it. Uh, Bruno, 2-0. Um, Brian saying, yeah, Yakamakis needs a brace to jump out on the golden boot. That would be freaking amazing. Um, Omar, 4-1 Atlanta. And the Colonel saying, clean sheet, 4-0. I'm here for it. That would, that would light up MLS a whole bunch if they win 4-0 tomorrow. That would be crazy. So, um, and then AX10 saying 2 0. Y'all keep them coming. Um, go check out the website, scarvesandspikes.com. Check out Patreon, patreon.com slash scarvesandspikes. Make sure you subscribe. If you're watching this, probably already are, but subscribe to the YouTube and tell. Look, here's the thing, guys. These, these Miami podcasts, they got the benefit of having Messi come. And all of a sudden, their numbers shoot up just because everybody's like, oh, Miami, Messi. Show them what's up. Bring those numbers in. We like the numbers. Tell your friends to subscribe. Yeah, all your friends. Um, the watch along tomorrow. That, that'll that be oh, fun. Oh, yes. Yes. Tell them, tell them about that. Yeah, it's just a reminder. We'll, uh, you know, while you've got it on your TV and you're watching the game, pull your phone up. Uh, get your iPad. Get your computer. Pull us up on YouTube. Come chat with us uh, on there. I think Sydney and I will be starting it for a little bit. And then Tyler will be joining us. And uh, maybe we'll try to find a couple guests to come on and, and chat with us as well. Uh, we'll try to be as entertaining as as the the Manning brothers. If they went, <laughs> well, they do it on Monday Night Football. I kind of but... got a big forehead like like them. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I can bring up. But yeah, it it'll be fun, and if we get a lot of listeners, you know, you we we do do watch-alongs on uh, our Patreon, which we'll we'll get back to. And I think we were talking about maybe doing it for the Philadelphia game. But I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be fun. Uh, I'll make sure I have a couple drinks before the game, so I'm very <laughs> I'm very uh, animated. Is is the word? You know, that's okay. So I get told in the uh, Jack saying he'll be there at one a.m., but he'll be there. I'm, I'm excited. That'll be good. Um, I get told a lot in in the press box that like, because you can't cheer in the press box, right? Like you can't. It's against the rules. So weird. Yeah, you know, only get it's 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 a neutral environment, whatever. Um, but you know, I have like Henry sitting to one side. I have Jackson and uh, Sydney sitting to one side, and like, man, I just I get into these games, and it is so hard to hold back the emotion, and they they all are like, man, you could do one of those like watch alongs where it's just like your reactions and it would it would go over really well. So and, and I'm still concerned because I don't know how people will take it. But 
there's lots of yelling. There's lots of, of screaming and just lots of emotion and frustration sometimes and anger and happiness and whatever other adjective you want to use. Um, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It's baby girl's birthday tomorrow. Uh, she's turning one. So that's why I'll be late. But, you know, I'll, I'll be on when I get on. But yeah. Uh, Colonel, it's a little bit different this time around. Uh, we're going to do just straight YouTube. So just come back to this, you know, channel, hang out with us. Uh, you won't be on video this time around, but um, we might have some people join us. Whatever, but um, yeah, we'll kind of just be doing chat a little bit different this time, but we'll be back with the Zoom, uh, I think, against uh, Philadelphia. Yep. And I think um, we're talking, throwing the idea up. Ariel, I'll answer that in a second. We're throwing the idea up of, uh, you know, if you are a patron and you want to hop on for, you know, five minutes during the, the match to just chat with us, you know, and be on here with us, um, then we, we may do that. So just just keep an eye out for it. Uh, and we'll see kind of how it goes. This is, again, this is new territory. We haven't done this kind of watch along. We do the watch alongs on Zoom for pa Patreon. This is new. So uh, it'll be fun, though. It'll be a really good time. It'll be fun. And uh, again, hopefully we're look looking at a at least a 2-0 win for Atlanta tomorrow. Ariel asked me, have you ever gotten in trouble before or has anyone in the press box for cheering? Um, no, I have not gotten in trouble. I did in the beginning of the season. I don't know if you guys remember. I did uh, the, very, the very first match when Almada scored the banger to win the game, the free kick. Jarrett Smith from soccer down here was right behind me. They have tiered seating in the press box. And I just stood up. Like, I couldn't let my energy out. I couldn't scream. I had to go somewhere. So I just stood up out of my chair and I was like looking around. Well, he was filming it. And so I was. You see him score the goal, and then you see me pop up right there, right there. So, um, but no, not that I know of anybody's ever gotten in trouble. So, um, Uncle Dave asking how baby girl's doing. She's doing great. We appreciate that very much. She is, uh, she's gaining weight, getting bigger, and she's starting to try to talk and be mobile. So, she's doing great. Um, Nick saying, just want to say you guys are amazing. For doing all that you do, much love. We appreciate it so much. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. So appreciate it. Dan, time to go watch Ahsoka. Yes, I'm right there with you. Kids are wanting to go watch it too. Tommy, you got to get into Star Wars, man. You know, I, I'm a Marvel guy. I, I I like Star Wars, but once the sh the TV shows, I try to watch Mandalorian, and like, I just couldn't get into it. Um, just just. Just couldn't do it. Now, my friend in California, actually, you might have seen him, but I think his name's Tim Bramer, but he's on a on a motorized skateboard, and he skateboards all of in downtown L.A. Okay. In the Mandalorian outfit with, uh, you know, Baby Yoda <laughs> on his chest. And it's 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 a uh, it's pretty funny. But like, especially during like COVID, he was he, people would just like celebrities would just be taking videos of him, like going down that's the awesome. street, you know, flying around on a skateboard. So that's the most I've watched of Star Wars since the last movie. It's just uh, watching him on a skateboard. Well, I'll throw this out there for anybody that hasn't done it. The shows. Including going back to the Clone Wars. That's that's prime Star Wars, man. It's so good. But you got to you got to watch it all, though. That's the thing. It all ties in together in so many good ways. So another Patreon episode, maybe. <laughs> all right. Uh, final thoughts? Anything? It's been a long one tonight. 
yeah, it's been uh it, it's been a good week. It's it's been a good couple weeks for this team and uh just have to just pay attention to see how this team improves and the, the chemistry and I think if you start seeing it get a little bit better, I mean, you've already seen it, you've seen the chemistry build. Just be excited for the future because I think a lot of these guys are a lot of these guys are here for the long run for sure. And like yeah, yeah we could talk about Miles and Almada and you know, hopefully December after we win MLS Cup, but um, that just means we're gonna have some money to spend and, and yeah. go find other players. And I, I mean, not Amada maybe, but like at least you know you, you could possibly find you know players that are better. Yeah, it's possible, and that's the thing. It's no doom and gloom. Fun. No doom and gloom. No, no, we don't want that. We're done with that that time period. We're done with that time period. We're. Oh, we should thank the Atlanta United TV people too. We we played Pino with them, and that was yes. a good time. Yes, I meant to. I meant to give them a shout out earlier. But yeah, Atlanta United fan TV. Uh, if you guys haven't checked them out as well, they they've been around for a long time. We got to play some Binio with them the other day at the, the tailgate, which was fun. Didn't get to play it as long as we wanted to because time crept up on us and all. But um, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a good time. So go check them out if you haven't already. Yeah, Daniel. I mean, yeah. I, I, as far as MLS contender for sure. But you know who's going to be the MLS contender who who's going to be at the top of the power rankings you know february 27th it's going to be miami that's what it's going to be no they're, they're going to do a ton of stuff in the window i'm sure uh they'll be the they'll they'll be the the top contender but we should be we we, we will be a, a contender for sure there, yep. there's no way this team is going to be uh it's just going to sit around and not replace you know a miles or an almada they'll go out they're probably already looking for those replacements now 100 percent I think, and the other DP that you're going to be bringing in, yeah, because you, you've you've got a guaranteed spot at the end of this uh, window with with uh, Saba likely being bought down. Yep, that's the thing. There's lots of lots of moves, and Garth, I guarantee you, like Santa Claus, Garth has a list already of potential replacements for every one of these that they're going to be looking at. That's just, because that's what you do, right? Like you don't go and say, "Oh, all right, it's." The end of the season, Miles is leaving. Now we got to go find somebody. No, like he's already got ideas. So, um, and and this summer transfer window should instill a lot of trust back into the front office. Got to give credit. And, Weird. And great job. Weird. Where do we have trust in the front office? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, we, yeah. we talked about over the weekend, Boca, Pineda, like there's a lot riding on the next, 60 70 days for all these guys yep it's gonna be big so but no uh, one said book out in a long time i know like, we right? have not heard book out in a long time like this is like this is a record this is a record since mls cup that someone hasn't said boca out because like people were saying that during the uh you know the 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 next the next year uh you know because everybody wanted to leave because they didn't want to play for uh frankie and you know so this is the long. I think this is the longest period that someone hasn't said "boke out" in a while. So don't yeah. say it in the chat. Don't say it. <laughs> Somebody's gonna do it. Don't say it in your car. Don't say it. You're wrong. <laughs> cool. All right. It has been two hours. It's been two, two hours. hours. <gasps> it was good. Like it was a fulfilling two hours. And we yeah. appreciate anybody that stayed with us the whole time, or popped in late, or if you're listening to it after the fact. A uh, quick shout out. Thank you to Lori and Lindsay for coming on. That was a good chat as well. And uh, we'll 
you'll hear her tomorrow on the broadcast. And I'll be talking about it when and maybe we'll get a shout out. Who knows? <laughs>